doubtful smiles begin But the visions that I see believe in Steve That's right, visions everywhere believing in all kinds of hullabaloo because this <laughs> is American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Indeed. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Welcome to episode number 77 of American <gasps> Brews and Tunes. 77 already? Already. Wow. Already. And I hope you are already because this is a repeating week. Oh. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we said that at the end of the last episode, but who knows? Let's, let's just give a recap on yeah. repeating numbers such as 11, 22, 33, 44, 66, 55, 55 77. And now 37. <laughs> That's the ultimate repeating. Yeah, one, one, one. One thousand, one hundred and eleven. Ooh. But anyways, <laughs> when, when we have these uh, quote-unquote repeating number episodes, uh, mm-hmm. we like to review al- albums of bands that we've already reviewed. Yeah. Um, so what I have recommended for Jesse to review this week is My Shame is True by Alkaline Trio, because yep. in the past I had you review Crimson, Crimson by Alkaline yep. Trio. And I'm having you review the Frightened Rabbit album, um, Painting of a Panic Attack, Ooh. their last album, yes, final it is. album, um, whereas before I had you listen to Winter of Mixed Drinks. Yes. I believe. Their so, third album? Third. Yeah, I believe third. Third, yeah. And then Pedestrian Verse, and then this one. Yeesh. But uh, before we jump all into this music business, hullabaloo. Music business hullabaloo. That's hullabaloo two times in the podcast. The pad. Well, oh, I said two, two hullabaloo two times in the podcast. Well, now that I've said it, commenting on it, and you've said it twice, that's like five times it's been said. This is just a we hullabaloo can, I mean, podcast. We can, just, we can just keep saying it. Let's just I, retitle this episode hullabaloo. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get to that <laughs> music hullabaloo, let's get to the beer hullabaloo. <laughs> let's get to the beer baloo. Big baloo? Big Baloo. Baby Baluga. Belugas, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Anyways, I'm having a collaborative brew, a collaboration from two breweries. It's from Jackalope Brewing, which is right here in Nashville, and Weyerbacher, which is up in Pennsylvania. They've appropriately titled it Rocky Top. <laughs> um, without really thinking about why it's titled that, you might get a little confused. Um, if you look at the picture, it looks like a big old mountain, but instead of having a peak, it's Rocky's torso, and he's holding up his gloves, and there's his face, like Rocky the Boxer. Oh, nice. So it's Rocky Top the Mountain, and also Rocky Balboa. Oh, okay. So Rocky Top is a mountain that's in... Is that like the Big Rock Candy Mountain? Uh, I, I believe it's over towards, like, Smokies, maybe? But either way, oh, it's, 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 it's a mountain Tennessee in, in Mountain. Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. I think. Rocky and Top. Rocky is the boxer from Philly. Oh, and uh, the other brewery is from... Near Philadelphia or in in Philadelphia? Um, I can't remember the exact location of Weyerbacher, but it, it is closer to the Philly side, I do believe. Okay, gotcha. Easton, PA. Um, but anyways, Easton, Easton, PA. Let me tell you what it says here. It right. says it's a, it's a size zone, but it says farmhouse ale brewed with Pennsylvania rye oh, and Tennessee honey. Interesting. Mm. Oh, it's a farmhouse ale. Yes. What percent is it? 
7.4. Wow, a farmhouse sale at 7%? Yeah, that's a little steep for... That's pretty crazy. For uh, for that, but who knows? I guess it was all the uh, all the honey. I suppose so. Or all the, the knockout stuff that Rocky Balboa had done to it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Rye. Mr. T-Rye. Mr. T-Rye? Yeah. What was the other guy's name? Apollo Creed Rye? Apollo Creed Rye. And then... Um, Victor Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago Rye. Victor. <laughs> I couldn't remember what his name was. Victor at first. Crumb. Victor Crumb. Anyway, <laughs> enough about this Rye. What are you having? Yeah. Now we'll be having the pep talk by Bearded Iris. Um, we love Bearded Iris here on American Brews and Tunes, and this is kind of a weird one for them. It's a pilsner. It's super strange. But I guess they have, well, they it says Perle, Holler to Blanc, and Nelson. Those are the three types of hops in there. And it says on Untapped, our favorite beer app, our latest Pilsner blend blends Perle. I think that's how you say it. Perle. How do you spell that? P-E-R-L-E. Perle. Pearl? Maybe it's just Pearl. Probably Pearl. <laughs> there's no there's no accent over it. I would say Pearl. <laughs> pearl. Pearl. I, I just wanted to say Pearl. <laughs> pearl. Because then Hollertau Blanc and Nelson into an uplifting conversation of bright key lime, sparkling white grape cider, and overripe passion fruit. We can all use a pep talk now and then, can't we? We can. So I'm excited to try this, uh, mainly because... I haven't had a whole lot of Pilsners. Yeah. Um, my favorite one that I've had is the Pilsner Urkel. That's a good one. Um, I, I quite like Stone used to have that, that wussy Pilsner. Yeah, that one was, it was pretty like good. Imperial Pilsner. And there was a, I believe it was a Lagunitas Imperial Pils. Yeah, but and just the uh, um, the Urkel, Pil- the Pilsner Urkel. Just, unfiltered it was very, one. very, yeah, unfiltered. It was very, very balanced and just super nice. Yeah. And Most so of the time, I'm kind Pil- of, Pilsners are hit or miss for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Pilsners and Sizone Farmhouse Sales are, are beers that we typically don't have as often on here, so it's a fun yeah, episode. Yeah, very true. Um, and this is only 4.2%. Yeah, very but nice. I'm interested to see if any of like Bearded Iris' normal like creaminess comes through. I would say probably not. I would assume not, but, not, but you I kind of feel like it probably will still have that same Bearded Iris taste, you know? Let's give these cans a crack and uh, give them a pour, see what we see. All right. I'm guessing that mine will be like a darker straw colors and yours will be a lighter golden color. Now, I know you can't hear your beer, but I'm listening to mine and it's giving quite the nice pep talk. <laughs> What's it saying? It's saying, you know what? You can do it, man. You can do it. You can get through each and every day because you're a champion. Each and every day. <laughs> la, 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 la. Go in your own way. Drinking all the beer. Now I can already tell that mine is a uh, much darker, it's much darker than I thought. Color it was than I be. thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's more of an orange, like an, a burnt orange, but yeah. it's see-through. It's not like hazy at all. Definitely, definitely, kind of like a burnt orange, kind of like a, almost like a brown ale, but not really. You know that it kind of just looks like sweet tea. Yeah, that's a, a good that. descriptor with a, a foamy head on top. And I think you're right about my beer. A lighter, like strong, hay yellow car, yellow color. Yeah, looks nice. Mine has a very Belgian-y smell, which I Does guess really? is pretty uh, spot on for Sisons. Yeah, it's pretty normal. This Most still nice. has that bearded iris scent. Oh, weird. But it's maybe it's just because it's brewed in the same place as all their other beers. I Could don't know. Be. Could be. But it doesn't smell as creamy or as like citrusy. But either way, let's uh, let's give it a cheers and a try, shall we? Let's do it. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Shit, better be pooped out.
down the hatch. In the big rock candy mountain. This is a good beer. So is this. I'm really enjoying this. I don't think this has as much of the spiciness that I sometimes get from Saison's. So, yeah, from a farmhouse ale. But I definitely can tell the rise in there. It's It's got like that... You know what? I'll bet that's why it's brown. That could that's probably right. Um, less of like the the farmhouse spice, more of the rye spice. So it's oh, okay. it's a different kind of spice, not what you'd expect. Is it? Uh, and I do get a little sweetness, which maybe comes from the honey. I don't know. Is it the same type of like uh, spice that you would get from like a rye whiskey? Perhaps, or like a rye what ale. Kind of. It's that. It's more, exactly uh, what you. Exp- like what kind of what? What is it like? More woody or? It's hard to explain. You just got to try it. And mm, okay. I'm bad at explaining it other than that spicy rye flavor. It's not woody, though. I wouldn't say woody. Okay. Here, why don't you talk about your beer, and then we'll do it. Okay. Yeah, this beer is really interesting because um, it's definitely it's way more hoppy than a, any other Pilsner I've had, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not really surprised by that. So I don't know if it's actually a Pilsner. Like I think they just classified it as that just because they did. It seems almost like a session IPA. Huh. Just like to the to the regular tongue. Because I mean Pilsners are supposed to have that that like light dry hoppiness to it, but not like yeah, I overpowering so. hoppy. Yeah, I suppose so. Not as hoppy as an IPA. But this one does have a really nice kind of I guess I could actually kind of see the lime lime citrus hop to it. Interesting. It's kind of nice. It's uh it's more of kind of like that tartness of the lime. And there's a little bit of sweetness. Um, I could see how they would say like a, a grape juice, like a white grape juice kind of sweetness to it. It's really light, airy. Um, the head is really bubbly. Um, it's very tasty. I'm happy with it. Would you get it again? Yes, I definitely would. But if I was if I was out to look for a good Pilsner, I would probably still get the Pilsner or Cal. But if I was like, I want to get a bearded Irish Pilsner. Obviously, I get this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they might have other pilsners that you could try as well. Bearded Iris, yeah. don't they? They do the have pharmacy one, right? pills. All oh, right, the pharmacy one. I wonder yeah. if that one is a little bit different. Probably a little. Let's. Uh, shall we give these a switch ski? Get a little sniff of that. Smells pretty dry, right? Yeah, it smells hoppy. This definitely smells like a farmhouse ale. Yeah, you can smell that Belgian. It's got those. It's got those classic Belgian yeasty. Um, spice flavors. Yeah, Your smells scents. hoppy. I'm really surprised that this is the smell of a pilsner because pilsners shouldn't be too aromatic. I don't think. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should be. They should be pretty dull in the yeah. scent because it's a lager style beer. Mm-hmm. Well, let's give it a try. Yeah, that is one of the hoppier uh, pilsners I've ever had. I you like know, it though. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I it just yeah it tastes like a beefed up pilsner. Like they yeah. really hopped it a lot, but it's yeah. good. Just yeah, different. <laughs> Definitely drinking your beer is like a lot more flavor in my beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about about the uh, the rye spiciness. Yeah, it is. If you've ever had a, a, a farmhouse ale before, it's almost like a toned down Belgian yeast spice flavor, mm-hmm. kind of. Especially because they have that honey in there, which I think rounds out the spiciness really well. Agreed. And um, yeah, kind of like mellows out the body. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, but... No, it does. It's just it really, tastes good, though. It's balanced, yeah. It's really good. It's a good beer. That's nice. I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. Shall we move on to the music? Yeah, let's move on to the music. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll let you go first, because I think I went first most recently. Okay. If I well, remember correctly. Um, if you've already forgotten, I'm reviewing the album 
called My Shame is True by the band Alkaline Trio. And they are a trio. That they are. Um, I know it's uh, Matt Skiba, Dan Andrino. Mm-hmm. And who's their drummer? Uh, Derek Grant. Okay, Derek Grant. Okay. Um, they're a they're a fantastic band. Um, after after you recommended the album Crimson to me, I was like, oh man, I need to I need to listen to them more because they're great. Like, I really like their writing style. I like their sound. I mm-hmm. like the diversity in their voices. Matt Skiba's being a little bit less gruff and more uh, like higher and like more into the pop punk. Yeah, sound. and then a Dan Dan's voice being more. Kind of gruff and kind of more like the in the Menzingers more vein. deeper and more deeper and rich, rich sounding. Okay, um, he feels at the lower range. I, I feel like better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's 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 great. They're a great band. So I was really excited to dive into this album. Um, this album came out in 2013. Yes, yeah, it did. Um, and it was produced by Bill Stevenson. I love Bill Stevenson. Um, which is he is part of the or from the band, the Descendants. The Descendants and Black yeah. Flag and Black Flag. Okay. He drummed for both of them for a while. Yeah, at one point in time. But he's also been in other bands, and, and he's, he's a great produced, producer. Produced quite a few records. Yes, he has um, a lot in the punk scene, the pop punk and punk scene. Um, on the uh, the first album, Crimson, that you had me listen to, I. Liked all the songs, um, but in particular, I think I liked Skiba's songs better on that. Because uh, for those of you, uh, those of you who do not know, um, uh, Matt Skiba and Dan Adrino normally write, um, do. What am I trying to say? Here? <laughs> normally, they each write their own songs for the album, but within the same like vein, mm-hmm. the same thematic vein. Um, and on that album, I liked Skiba's songs better, but on this album, I think I liked, uh, Dan's songs better. Maybe not better, but just as much as I like Skiba's songs. Um, so anyway, uh, whenever I started listening to this album, I really had no problem getting into it. There was, like, just from the first track, She Lied to the FBI, uh, which is one of Skiba's songs. Uh, just right from that, it's a good opener. You kind of get to hear what the album's going to sound like. Uh, it's going to still have that kind of like poppy, like pop punk feel. Um, and that uh, was just a good good album opener to the whole thing. And I guess the song is was inspired by the movie The Town. Makes sense. Did you ever see that movie? Yes, a ben while Affleck a while back. And- he robs banks while wearing those nun masks. Some, what's that guy's name? Renner? Jeremy, oh, Jeremy Renner? Renner, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I guess it was inspired by that. Uh, it's a super catchy song. He's like, She lied, she lied to the FBI. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, a lot of woes and whatnot. But it's it's very, very catchy. A great song. Track number two is called I Want to Be a Warhol. And uh, for those of you who don't know, for some reason, um, Andy Warhol was a uh, a great a- artist from the wonderful city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Warhol. Yeah, but he was he was an influential artist in the seventies and eighties. 
Maybe I believe a little earlier than that. He was he was responsible for the pop art. Um, like yeah, if anyone's ever seen the painting culture. of the tomato soup can, the, the, yeah, the, the Campbell's soup can, Campbell's soup can, and yeah. or if you ever see the one where it's like four pictures, one on the top left, right, bottom left, right, where it's the same picture but all done like in different, different colors, colors and stuff. Well, that's not, yeah. that's his doing. Yeah, yeah. But so, he's also he also did a lot more than that. Like he did a lot of film and. Yeah, the Velvet Underground. He drew that banana. I think. Like, yeah, he was for the Velvet for Underground. Yep. Yeah. So he he was very influential. Yeah. And the the Warhog Museum in Pittsburgh is phenomenal. There's a bunch of floating balloons and delicious root beer. <laughs> for an upcharge. <laughs> what kind of root beer? Delicious. It was boil uh, boilins. Oh, boilins. Okay. Yeah. 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 I forgot that that was from Pittsburgh, right? I don't know where boilins? it's from. I don't think it's from Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. But I know it's delicious. From the surrounding area, maybe. I have no idea. I think they have it in other places. I'll look it up while you continue. Okay. Anyway, uh, this song called I Want to Be a Warhol is, never, is another one of uh, Skiba's songs. And it seems like, well, I guess I should, I should just say this. The uh, the album, the whole album is kind of about shame. And well, shame is, is about is about um, some rough patches that Skiba went through before um, this album came out. Divorce. Divorce. one of them. Yeah. And, and his then, ex-wife is the... Lady on the front cover. Yes, Rosie. Um, but anyway, so a lot of so that's going to be a common theme throughout all of all of these songs. Mm-hmm. And so in this song, I want to be Warhol. He talks about wanting to be a Warhol, so like a painting by Warhol hung up on her wall, um, looking down at her and her looking up at him. So it almost seems like he's wanting to still be a part of her life, even though he can't be or he's not. Um, or you could look at it like he it might be more existential than that. Like he wants to be remembered as a as an artist, like mm-hmm. Warhol will or War, Warhol is. However um, you want to look at it, it could go a different couple different ways. Yeah, it could go a couple different ways, but it's a Whoa. super super catchy song. I wanna be a Warhol hanging on your wall, looking up at you. Whoa, 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 whoa. More woes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really great song, though. Uh, moving on to track number three. It's also, Boylan uh, is from New Jersey. Oh, from New Jersey. But okay. Northeast, so. Okay. Is uh, is Pittsburgh the original place that uh, Warhol is from? Andy? Mr. Andy Warhol? I do believe so, but he had he did a lot of work and stuff in uh, New York as well. Okay. Maybe he loved Boylan's soda. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, on to track number three, uh, which is definitely in the same vein as that whole idea of my shame is true. Or um, if you ever felt shame for what you've done in the past, you definitely can relate to this song. Um, The song is called I'm Only Here to Disappoint. And it's the first song by Dan Adrino that we hear. It's a good one. Uh, Oh, it's a fantastic song. Um, and it's basically uh, a song about how you feel like you always screw up and like whatever you do, you're like never really in the right or there's there's really nothing that, that you can do right. Uh, one of the lines is, I'm truly only here to disappoint. Like all good dreams and you wind up dead. All those promises I never kept. And he just like keeps talking about how like I, it seems like it's in the context of a relationship. Most likely, I, I, I yeah, I could see that. Um, but he keeps talking about like all the, all the promises that he that he never kept, and like how it's like a lot of it was his fault and whatnot. Um, but it's a super catchy chorus. 
I am truly only here to disappoint like all good dreams. You wind up dead. That's a good one, yeah. Super catchy song. Um, That's the song where you kind of get, it gets a little bit heavier and faster in that song. Yeah. And less less of like the pop melodies that that we've heard from Skiba already. Yeah. Um, But it's still still fantastic. Um, And like I said earlier, I I generally uh, tend to like um, Dan's songs better on this album. Not to say anything bad about Skiba's songs, because I still like them. I typically lean towards Skiba songs in general for Alkaline Trio. Yeah. But I think this album has some of Dan's strongest songs in their catalog. Yeah, I agree. Some of. I from don't want to say I have, all From what I have listened to, yeah. I definitely do. Um, on to track number four. That's called Kiss You to Death. And this is another song from Skiba. Um, a super great... It's a super catchy song. And the the drum More parts of the very beginning. Yeah. yeah, and it's definitely definitely a song about one of his past relationships yeah. and missing whoever that is. He doesn't specify, but we can guess that it's probably Rosie since um I guess in some interview he had said that like the whole album is pretty much like a, a note to her. Mm-hmm. And like saying he said they were still on like, good terms, but Right. But I mean, obviously, a divorce is a divorce. Yeah. Uh, one of the lyrics um, that I really liked in this song is uh, he's talking about things that he misses about the relationship. And he says, I miss taking out the trash. I miss your face. I miss your cat. I miss your smile. Mm-hmm. So, like, normally, like, you wouldn't hear that in a, in a song. Like, I miss taking out the trash. Like, whenever I would be with you, like, I miss taking out the trash. Part of, like, just part mundane of life. Routine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he misses that ultimately, but he's just picking out things to think about it. Yeah, yeah, but going it, into specific details. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty good song. Um, track number five is called "The Temptation of Saint Anthony," mm-hmm. and this is another song by Skiba. It's definitely a faster song. Yes. Um, from what I can tell, uh, this song could have multiple meanings, but I believe I know what it is. Oh, um, there's a. Uh, a tale or a story about Saint Anthony, who, while he was in Egypt, he went underwent uh, many like trials and tribulations. Like, supernatural trials and tribulations. Um, and there's also a painting called "The Temptation of Saint Anthony." So if you want to look that up on Wikipedia or on Google, uh, you can kind of see uh, what I'm going to talk about. But basically, the painting consists of this guy, Saint Anthony, I, I suppose kind of lying on the ground with his hands up being and he's being accosted by like all these uh I guess you could say demons or like there's a uh a crow or something like that that's attacking him um I'm about to look it up right now cuz I'm curious. Okay, yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty cool painting. Um but I believe that Skiba is almost likening himself to that. Um like a connection between him and like all the trials and tribulations that he has gone through in the past and all the mistakes that he's made and whatnot. Is is this the one you're referring to? Uh, that's not the one that I saw, but that's generally the same. Maybe there are multiple ones. Could be. I'm seeing a whole bunch of pictures. The one that I saw was him like lying on the ground. Like this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find which wikipedia article okay i'll do that that's the one that i looked at that would make sense to go to that one because i'm sure they have the 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. The, so if you look at the Wikipedia Creepy. one, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, doesn't he talk about a carrion? Oh, in in the Wikipedia page, they've got a couple different pictures oh, depicting the. Oh, okay. So I guess that's just there's a bunch of different of paintings okay. of people recounting some story. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, that really goes along with uh, what Skiba and Alcalantrio tend to write about. Like, it's a little bit darker. It's a little yeah. bit... Uh, Getting back to their more dark... horror-esque. Re- yeah. Or noir, as I like to say. <laughs> They're a very noir band. Um, but anyway, that's a great song as well. Uh, super catchy. Really fast. Heavy. It's good. Uh, on to track number six... That's called I, comma, Pessimist. And this is one of Dan's songs, slash the uh, singer from Rise Against makes a guest appearance. Tim McElrath? 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 M-C-L-L-R-A-T-H? McElrath? McElrath? I, I, I always pronounce it wrong. McElrath? And I've heard it pronounced before. I just... Seems like it'd be like McElrath. Yeah, something, or something like that. Like that. Um, I'm not entirely sure what this song is about. Um, they talk about like not needing your body Disappear. anymore. Disappear. I, I don't need this body. body. I've seen them play this lot before and Skiba did the Tim do, parts. Do, do. Really? Yeah. Because I mean, obviously Tim couldn't join him for the tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it's about. Me neither, but so it's I'm, fast it's, and it's catchy. It's fast and it's a, it's a rager. Yeah, it is. It's really good. It's good to have one of those on the album. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's a fun one. But on to track number seven. Uh, this is another one of Dan Adrino's songs. It's called Only Love. This is definitely one of my favorite songs in the album. Oh, curious. It's, it's, I think it kind of maybe takes a little bit of a break from the sound that you've gotten so far. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's more... Uh, how do I want to liken it? It almost seems like it's an early 2000s rock song. Or something like that. Like it's a little bit slower, more poppy. Yeah, it is. A little bit slower, more poppy. Um, and the melodies are uh, more flowing than we've heard from Dan Adrino up to this point on this album. Uh, it's a little bit more melodic, a little bit more poppy than we normally hear from him. So I think that kind of uh, that kind of helps make it more poppy because like. Having only heard more gruff and rough uh, songs from Dan, hearing a more melodic one is a nice change of pace. He likes and melodic stuff. It uh, also reminds me of Coldplay. Oh. Because... This is the arpeggio one. Yeah, it's one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, yeah. two, three, one, two. It's more... I, I see what you mean by a little Coldplay-esque. It's, it is more... Uh, I don't it's say more, spacey, but it's definitely a, a step away from the. It's definitely not spacey, pop, but punk. I say if you just think about that, the one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, that Coldplay has in a lot of their songs, like it's kind of like that, a very minimal version of what Coldplay does. Um, but anyway, the song is a, uh, I I think ultimately happy, ultimately a happy song, um, but it's very depressing as well. When they do those triplet arpeggios it's still in a uh a dupe a duple meter four four yeah it's on four four one two 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 one two one two three 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 one two 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 one
Yeah. That's how they do it. But anyway, it's a fun um in general this song is kind of depressing, but I think ultimately it's happy though. Ultimately it's a positive song. Um kind of like Fried and Rabbit. Oh. Yeah, very true. If uh, if I didn't already say the title, it's called Only Love. You did. Okay, I did. Okay. I just couldn't remember. Uh, so basically, um, I'm just going to read one of the lyrics uh, because that definitely kind of sums up what this song is about. Um, he says, it's only love that keeps us here. This food and these drinks, they're all poison. And life is death. So die well with some good distractions. At the end, there is only love. So like he's saying, kind of dark. Essentially, but, like, but then life the end, is meaningless. Love, and we might as well die well with things that we like doing. But ultimately, love is what matters, and yeah. it's what keep keeps us here and keeps us alive. What a nice message! Yeah, it's a fantastic song too. And it's only love. Anyway, um, on to track number eight, another noir song from Skiba. Yes. Um. Maybe you can enlighten me, enlighten me what it's about. It's called The Torture Doctor. The Torture Doctor is in. Um, He's in. I, I assume sins. if I know Alkaline Trio, it seems like it's probably in reference to something that happened in real life. Knowing damn well he was that wrong. I'm not sure what this refers to, but I'm about to look it up real quick hey. as you continue. Oh, we know how this story goes. Hey. hey. Ho, the plot it thickens and grows. Um, he t- he, say, like, he like mentions the South Side. Yeah. So like maybe South Side. We Chicago? know how it goes down on the South Side. So like I don't know if he's referencing a specific South Side of a city. Probably, if I had to guess, I'd say South Side of Chicago because they're a Chicago that's band where from. Um, but specifically, I don't know who they're referring to i'm on a reddit page right now trying to figure it out and i'm not sure yeah i honestly really don't know either because like there's not if you look at the lyrics there's not really much context if like he I never had, mentions a name he never mentions the only if name i had to I guess, guess i'd say h.h H. holmes h.h H. holmes um, he was a a serial killer in chicago during the world's fair i think it was okay um he had a hotel um, that he had constructed, and when he he constructed it, he would hire on like these contractors to build a portion, and then he would fire them and get another contractor. So no one knew the full blueprint except him. Oh, he had like trap really? doors and hidden rooms, Whoa. and he would murder people in the middle of the night, like do weird things, and then sell their is corpses this, to medical schools. Is this the one guy who was imprisoned? that no he wasn't i can't remember what his fate was in the end but leonardo DiCaprio bought the rights to the book and i think they're gonna try and make a movie really that would be a good movie it's really really good horror movie a crazy story i think pretty crazy they confirmed like he's murdered like 60 people but it could be as much as like no yeah thousands the guy who uh there was an episode of supernatural about him yeah he's nuts um or was nuts was nuts or still is nuts according to supernatural um but anyway that makes a lot of sense the song being called The Tortured Doctor and being uh, the noir history of Alkaline Trio, mm-hmm. that's probably what it's about. 
Who knows? Yeah. And that was in Chicago that he yeah. did that. That's why I'm guessing. On I can't the think south, of any, on the south side of Chicago. Probably I can't think of any other Chicago killers that no, it would be. But right. who knows? Right. Um, anyway, that's a good song. Yeah. Episode six of the second season of Supernatural yep. features Holmes. Yep. yep. Curious. Anyway. Um, track number nine is called Midnight Blue, and it's another one mm. of Skiba's songs. It's a good one. Um, yeah, it's a very, very good song. And, and I can confirm, uh, according to Wikipedia, Alkaline Trio's Torture Doctor off of 23 Shame is True is inspired by H.H. Holmes. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Just wanted to throw that in there before you moved on to Midnight Blue. Okay. Um, so Honda track number nine which is called Midnight Blue, and... It is a song again about um, his past, the rough patches that he has gone through, and uh, specifically about uh, Rosie, the girl on the cover of mm-hmm. the album. And I think "Midnight Blue" is like his name for her, or um, kind of a way of uh, vocalizing his feeling. Mm-hmm. Like one of the lines he says is, "Now our hearts are midnight blue," or "Now my heart is midnight blue," something like that. So kind of depressed. And whatnot. Uh, good song, though. Uh, track number 10 is called One Last Dance. Um, I guess another song by Skiba um, about the past, his past relationships. Yeah. Um, and the line that best describes it, uh, he says, There just ain't words to say how sorry I am for acting like a schoolboy trapped in a man. So he goes, keeps on going throughout that song talking about how he feels like an idiot or yeah. how his shame is true, basically. It's true. Um, uh, track number 11 is called Young Lovers, and it's another song by Dan. And it might be my favorite song that Dan has on the album. Uh, it's just so golden and catchy. And this kind of also not, not really breaks from the uh, theme of the whole album, but kind of takes a step in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Where it's basically about young lovers seizing like the day and not worrying about the future and just kind of having fun in the moment. Yeah. Um, a good message but the, for all. The, the chorus is so catchy in that song. Young lovers, let's waste no time. You're too concerned with heaven and I see it in your eyes. Young lover, right now you're mine. Anyway, that's a great that's a great song. Um, on to track number twelve, which is the last one on the uh, on the non deluxe edition of the of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called "Until Death Do Us Part," and this is definitely kind of like Skiba's anthem. Yeah, for uh, for all that had happened yeah. in the past. You could just um, look at the title and figure that out. Yeah. Uh, one of the lyrics that he says, um, or that he wrote is now I want you back and waiting there for me. I won't hold my breath. I don't expect a thing, but a boy can dream. Mm-hmm. So like he is saying, like, I know, no, not I know gonna nothing's going to happen, but I can still, I'm still dreaming about it. Like I still want it to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, kind of a sad last track, but it, it makes sense that that would be the last track on the album. Yeah. Um, I will just touch briefly on the deluxe edition though. Because um, you had told me that they add four songs to it, and it's they release it separately as an EP. Those four songs. Yeah, I can't remember if there was like a physical release if they put in a seven inch or something, but um, I I had it digitally, so they they put it out as the Broken Wing EP. Okay. Yeah, it was just kind of like a, a little 
compendium or whatever you want to call it, like a little addition to the, the album. Right. But it was four songs, and uh, I thought they were all great. Yeah, oh yeah, all four songs. Like, uh, whenever we were kind of deciding the structure for this episode, I was like, I might just review all four of them because they're so good. But then it made more sense to end on track number 12. Yeah. For this album. But, but if, anyway, if you want, if you guys want to check those those four songs out in the deluxe edition, they're definitely worth checking out as well. Highly recommended. So why don't we switch gears? Let's switch gears in a big, bad a different way. Different country, different sound. Different country, Scotland. Scotland. Aye, laddie. Scotland. <laughs> Oi. Oi. Scotland, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good Scottish accent. It'd be like, uh, get in my belly. <laughs> I'm going down to the river. <laughs> to the river. The river. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, Frightened Rabbit, uh, Painting of a Panic Attack, came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. Like Jesse said, it was their final album, the fifth album to come out from them, um, before their frontman, Scott Hutchison, took his own life in 2018. Yeah. Uh, um, very, a year, and, very year and a couple months now. Yeah. Ago. Yeah, so it's it's been a little over a year since he took his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was digging into some research for this album, uh, I don't think that I touched upon this when I reviewed Winner of Mixed Drinks, but do you know how they got their name, Frightened Rabbit? No, I don't think so. Unless you had, unless you told me recently. His mom used to nickname him that because he was a shy little kid. She would call him Frightened Rabbit. Oh, really? So they, yeah. Huh. So that was his nickname from his mom. But I thought that was a cool little factoid. Yeah, for sure. Maybe puts a little bit more perspective on the band. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Um, this song was written while Hutchison was living with his then girlfriend in the LA. Song? The first song or the, first, the whole album? The whole album, I'm okay. sorry. Um, he had recently moved from some, somewhere in Scotland to LA. Um, I'm not really sure why, maybe music reasons or, or whatever, but he didn't really know anybody in LA. Yeah. Um, and so it was like a really lonely and isolated time for him. Mm. And I think this album is very evident. And there's some songs that definitely talk about that. Yeah. Um, about de- like depression and, and, and whatnot. And being in a place that you don't want to be. Yeah. Like a, a physical place. Yeah. Um, unlike Winter of Mixed Drinks, which took a while for me to get into, I think I like this album fairly immediately. Hmm. Uh, That's surprising because this one's much less uh, poppy and like much, much less... Uh, see, I thought this one was more poppy. I thought there was more pop elements to this one. I guess much less uh, fast and loud. It's less loud, more, but I feel like it's more, more accessible. Hmm. And I had already been used to his voice. I know that that was the toughest thing for me to get into the first record. Yeah. Or perhaps since I already knew that Scott Hutchison had passed away, I was a little bit more receptive or open towards Could it. Be. Um, maybe a combination of all things. I don't know. But either way, I like this one fairly quickly. Nice. Um, I do think this, this album's a little front-loaded. Okay. I'm just going to say that up front. Up front. Um, <laughs> but I... Having said that, I do think it's worth listening the whole way through. I think it's really good from 100%. front to back. Yep. I just think maybe switching one or two songs around could have benefited a little mm. bit. Okay. Um, but that's that's if that's the the main problem I have with the album, that's not a big deal. Not a big deal, yeah, for sure. Um, also, this was produced by Aaron Desner, who's from The National. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting, huh? I think he was a gu- the guitar player. Oh, the guitar player, okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool, too. Fun little. They came out with a new album recently. Yeah, uh, I, haven't I haven't listened, listened to it, to it but I, I know it was highly anticipated. Yeah, we're talking about it a lot. I'll have to check it out at some point. Same as anyway, these. let's delve into the songs. Track number one is called "Death Dream." I gave it three point seven five mm-hmm. out of five. 
a good song. I think it's a good start to the album. Um, like most albums that I review when I, I hear the first song, it's usually a, a big explosive song. And this really isn't. This one's not at all. And based on a winter mixed drinks, that one wasn't either the opening track on that one. Things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that one, this one crescendos. Yeah. Uh, this one starts off with that one piano hit. Din, 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 din. Do, 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 do. And then he starts singing. And it really doesn't explode ever, even though it does crescendo and get bigger. Yeah, it maybe only goes from a pianissimo to a mezzo forte. Yeah, that's... Uh, Not ever to a fortissimo. That's some good old dynamic music theory Hey, co- composition helps. talk. But yeah, it, it does help. It, it goes from quiet to, to medium. kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah, to kind of loud. To, kind, to medium. <laughs> medium loud. Yeah. <laughs> mezzo forte. Mezzo forte. Um, I think this song is... Well, I don't think I know. This song is definitely about him having a dream about a friend who committed suicide. Mm. Um, he did a track-by-track commentary on a website, and I read all of his, oh, did he really? his things. Some of them, he doesn't really say anything about it. Sometimes he'll like, talk more about the production than the actual song. But this one, huh. he talks about, he's like, I hate hearing people's dreams. like Because they always say, you can't believe what I dream. I was like, of course I believe it, because anything can happen in a dream. And I hate when people tell me that, tell me their dreams. So here's my dream, and you just have to listen to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my so he's just being cheeky. Yeah. Um, but he also said that, um, and here's a quote from that uh, track by track thing. He says, "The album title, as well as this song, is intended as a beautiful depiction of something horrific, mm-hmm. the kind of thing you can't stop looking at." Huh. Um, Interesting. Makes sense about the whole album, I guess, as well as well as the song. But yeah, I'm gonna move on to track number two, which is my first recommendation. Five out of five for the song "Get Out." Nice. That was a good song. Um, this is, uh, I think this is probably one of the singles because there was a music video, so I'm assuming it was a single. Yeah. Um, much bigger song than the previous, mm-hmm. uh, much more anthemic. Um, it's definitely a good sing-along song. If you were to pick like one or two songs on here that you like had a good chorus that you play live and everyone sings along to, this is There's probably definitely it. definitely one, yeah. Um, it does have a weird start, though. It's mm-hmm. got that like electric beat almost. Yeah. And when <laughs> I heard that for the first time, I was like... What the heck? Is this an electronic song? And then the guitar yeah. comes in and he starts singing. And as soon as they get to the chorus, it's back to like the or- mostly organic, like full band sound. Yeah. Get out of my heart. She won't. She, she won't. won't. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just so catchy. It's like super duper catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a song about a girl who he loves or, or I don't know, maybe he's obsessed with her. But either way, he can't get her out of his heart or his head. Um, and he alludes that she's bad for him like we're talking about like, yeah, like an uncut first, drug yeah first verse. directly into the veins yeah uh, which would probably kill a lot of people mm-hmm. or uh, or it's the best of the best either whatever you want to look at it right um but it doesn't matter to him because he can't get over her mm-hmm. um i think it's a phenomenal song really catchy i wish that i'd be able to see it live but mm-hmm. alas yeah same let's move on to track number three which is called i wish that i was sober it's my next recommendation I and i gave it five out of five sober. Good song. Um, title gives it away. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious. Yep. Hutchison had struggles with alcohol, and he talks about it openly on this song, as well as, I'm assuming, other songs, because he was fairly open in his music, I feel. Yeah, I think he was. Um, so I feel like he probably Very, very open in his music. Um, in that track-by-track thing, he says, read the title, 34 right. years old, and I still haven't learned... Or I still not, I, I've still not learned a thing from 17 years of fairly regular alcohol consumption. Hmm. Um, it's a really sad song. Um, like, yeah, it's really a bummer. Mm-hmm. Even though it's super catchy, and like it starts off slow, and then it really picks up when those drums come in. 
um, during the verses, and then it kind of cuts off and goes slow in the chorus. Yeah. Um, but like when he says, "We all thought that I might change as I got older." Like, yeah. Aw. Yeah. He, I like know. That thing, and then the chorus, he's like talking to someone he probably loves. I mean, he says, "Forgive me, I can't speak straight." Forgive me, Forgive I can't. Forgive me, I can't speak straight. Forgive me, it's far too late. Yeah. It's just it's, it's such I a bummer of a song. I was sober. Very poignant, very beautifully written oh, and composed. Oh, come and shake me till I'm dry. Till I'm dry. Oh, 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 I wish that I was sober. By Talaka the Scottish. <laughs> the Scotsman. Uh, let's move on to something... Very related. Okay. <laughs> Track number four is called Woke Up Hurting. It's my mm-hmm. honorable mention. I'm going to give it 4.5 out of 5. I love that song. Um, I'd say this could very well be a continuation of the last song, mm-hmm. thematically, maybe not musically. Um, it's a lot slower and a little bit more of like a groove than the last song, yeah. at least when it gets to the chorus. Um, this song is about waking up hungover from probably a blackout night. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming drank too much and blacked out. Um, like the imagery he uses is really spot on yeah um, like the chorus says daybreak comes with the devil's home oh no i'm sorry this is the first verse he says Day- daybreak comes with the devil's hum a carcass starts to breathe yeah so like obviously the day's starting and if the devil's humming it's not good but a carcass starts to breathe so, so like he's, he he's sitting up. there from his death his death yeah uh it was a drinking death but uh it's it's really Kind of depressing. The chorus goes on to say that uh, he woke up hurting, like he's in pain. He's on the street. He doesn't know how he got there, and he can't explain why. Yeah, uh, it's it's really sad. There's a little bit, little bit of I don't want to say comedy that comes later in the song, but he talks about if all those southern tra- tales were true, uh, we should pray for abduction. Pray it comes soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, well, if uh, something else. Heaven or hell would be better. Let's go there. Or something. I can't remember yeah. specifically how I phrased it, but he's like, let's either get up abducted by aliens or let's go to heaven or hell. Whatever, just get me out of here because this is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's another sad song. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to track number five. All within the theme of the title. Of it the is. Album. It is. Panic of a panic attack. Track number five is called Little Drum. I gave it three out of five. It's a great song. Um, this song seems to be about growing up in a safe place, like a safe, boring place, like his hometown. Um, and then more of the song comes later in the line. I think when he says the little drum inside behaves until you turn 25, mm-hmm. then it's, uh, it strikes this all we've lived this, this long and ever only half, half alive, alive. And only half alive. Yeah, yeah. Only half alive yeah. I think that's kind of like the, you've, you've grown up not really doing anything. And then mm-hmm. you hit that place when you're 25, you're a quarter you're of a like, century old. And you're like, what am oh, I doing? Nothing. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, or if uh, you live in this boring place, you don't realize that you're not doing anything until you, mm. until you do. Did you know that that that's when they say your body starts dying? No, but that makes sense. Once you're 25, early 20s is like your peak. Once you're 25, your cells are no longer like you've finished growing or whatever. Weird. And then that's when your cells start to deteriorate. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, <laughs> um, and one of those. And the track by track thing he was talking about his hometown in the, for this song. Oh, okay. For the next song, he makes absolute like he definitely says this next song is not about my hometown. I love that place. Okay. Um, so the next song, track number six, is called "Still Want to Be Here." I also honorably mention this, and I give it four it's out great, of five. Great, great song. 
Uh, I he didn't say it, but I feel like this is about living in L.A. Yeah. Um, talks about how he's in a place he doesn't want to be, but he'll want to stay so he can be with the person he loves. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second half of the chorus says, "I would live in the devil's ditch just to be near you. I still want to be here." Yeah. Uh, so obviously he's not happy, but he'll live in the devil's ditch. The, yeah, he'll live in, in the pits to just to be close to her. Yeah. But I still want to be here, want to be here. <laughs> I can't do his accent very well. Uh, is this a song where he talks about cell phones? I can't remember if he says anything about cell phones in this one. He might. He's, he's like, all these people who live in their phones. All their houses have the faces. Their ho- yeah. Yeah. I like a lot of the imagery in this. There's a lot of good imagery, yeah. Talking about everyone in those houses and... Yeah. But anyway, the bus stops he talks about and all kind mm-hmm. of weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to track number seven, which is called In an Otherwise Disappointing Life. Mm-hmm. I gave this rating a five out of five, and it's my last recommendation. A good song. Um, definitely more upbeat than the last few songs, I'd say. Upbeat. Uh, musically. Musically. Maybe lyrically, too. Maybe lyrically, too, yeah. Um, a little bit. It definitely seems depressing. And some parts definitely, well, maybe not definitely, some parts could be interpreted as suicidal but that might be a stretch like what he talks um, about the, yeah. like the, he's like let the water come i just want to wave goodbye goodbye yeah. um but it seems but maybe not. hopeful in the end it is definitely is hopeful in the it. end and i'm just gonna go ahead and read the chorus of the end shall i you shall um the the words kind of change from chorus to chorus and so in the last chorus this is where the hopeful part comes out yes he says in an otherwise disappointing life you made right on an otherwise disappointing night, there is a fire in a hollow chapel suffering the silence. You're the choir that sings this otherwise disappointing life back to life. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a really sad song. And then when that happens, you're like, somebody's pulled him out. Like somebody's given yeah. him life again. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really nice song. And it's super catchy at the same time. Yeah. Just really well composed, really well put together. Great song. Let's move on, shall we? Track number eight is called Break. Break. This is probably um, my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I think it's n- negative. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it could be called Bend, but it's called Break. Yep. I. It would be better if it was called Bend, but it's called Break. Yeah. Um, probably the fastest and most high energy song on the album. Yes. I'd say with that faster drum beat. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say punk beat, but definitely faster. Definitely, definitely faster. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this song's about fighting or having like some time, long time quarrel with someone that you care about. Um, and you need to learn humility or compromise because you need to learn to bend when like thing, when there's like a disagreement or you might break. Yeah. Um, so it's a very vague way to describe that. Um, there's one line he says in one of the verses where he says, nothing's worse than realizing who you've hurt. Yep. Um, and then I he says like after that, that I don't bend and now, uh, and now we eat the consequence. Mm. Uh, this kind of reminds me of Scott Hutchison's last, one of his last tweets. Oh yeah. Um, when he was having his really dark time, um, he had tweeted out right before he left to go, um, take his own life. And what he tweeted was be so good to everyone you love. It's not a given. I'm so annoyed that I did not. I didn't live by that standard and it kills me. Please hug your loved ones. Hmm. And so, like, obviously he, like, that's like a big, huge regret about the relationship that he had with people in his life. 
Yeah. And obviously it like haunted him until it eventually won the fight. Yeah. Um, and so I think that he's trying to say like he should have bent. I, I, I don't know, but it's... He should have bent and not... He shouldn't have broken. Yeah. In the But in the context mm. of that tweet, this song is a lot more darker than I think it was written to be. Yeah. Um, Probably, but it's yeah. it's really a bummer when you think about that. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's move on to track number nine, which is kind of related, I think, again, to mm-hmm. to Bend, or I'm sorry, to Break. Um, this song is called Blood Under, Blood Under the Bridge. I gave it four out of five. Good song. Um, that's a, I don't know if you, that's kind of like a play on words there. Um, there's a phrase that's water under the bridge, which when you say yeah. that, that means like, you know, you've, you've had some bad, something bad's happened between but you and someone, but it's. There's a bridge over it now. The water is past that bridge. You're yeah. over it. It's in the past. Yeah. Um, here, he's just saying blood. So. You can interpret that how you want. Maybe it's blood. Maybe it's someone he's related to. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's blood in the water. Uh, maybe it's bad blood. So yeah. you you decide. Um, it could go a couple different ways. But either way, there was a grudge or some disagreement. And he's he's trying to, to compromise or to, quote unquote, bend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all right. That's all right. It's just, just blood, blood under the bridge. bridge. And I'm too tired to fight. Yeah. So I think he's... I'm still sick of feeling sick. My interpretation is that he's having a hard time moving on because it's bad blood or something. But he's trying. Yeah, he's trying, trying to. to yeah. I don't know if he's trying to convince the other person or trying to convince himself. Mm. Uh, but either way, it's it's a nice slower song, really catchy. Yeah. Uh, moving on to track number ten. This song is called Four Hundred Bones." I gave it three point seven five out of five. Do you know what he's talking about with four hundred bones? Uh, I'm assuming I mean the amount of human bones that humans have. Are like what two hundred and something? Yeah, you're in correct. The body. He's talking about four hundred bones under a sheet. Yeah, He's talking about him and his lover under, under his a sheet. Lover, yeah, yeah. So he said in that uh, that interview that this is like the closest to a love song <laughs> or a romantic song. Um, I'm just gonna read his his uh, what he said on the track by track commentary because I think it's funny. Okay. He says, "Well, I'm gonna do it in a Scottish. No, I'm not gonna do a Scottish <laughs> accent. I'll screw it up." He says, "Well, now this one should really be called 412 bones because there yeah. are apparently 206 Six. bones in yep. the human body." Yeah. Uh, so if you then multiply the human body by two, <laughs> and you have two human bodies in there, in, in that bed, maybe this is the closest I've come to a romance within a song. I hope mm. this balances out some of the less pretty moments I've described on the album. Hmm. These afternoons indoors mean a lot to me. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think that this does balance out some of the things. It doesn't necessarily sound like a happy romantic no, song. It, it sounds doesn't. It sounds dreary depressing. and depressing. Yeah. But when you like look up the words, it definitely talks about how like these are the moments like he really likes. Like this is what he looks back on fondly. Yeah. It's him and his lover like just having some intimacy on like a rainy day or whatever under the yeah. sheets. Yeah, um, and Dark. if you just were to read the lyrics, you're like, oh, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's the nicest song you could have about bones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, let's move on to track number eleven, which is called Lump Street. Lump Street, three point seven five out of five. Um, this song is a bit of an outlier to an extent. Now Lump Street. Yeah, it, it, like Get Out. It starts out with a, like an electronic drum beat and a weird like dark ominous synthy thing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, and it doesn't sound like anything else on the album until about two-thirds of the way through when it kicks in full band and speeds up big time yeah so it starts off with that dark like real dark sounding stuff and then it picks up and is like real positive sounding mm. and that fits in with the lyrics he's talking about a boy and a girl on lump street and has this really dark imagery uh throughout the beginning but then later on um, they find each other, and I think these this boy and girl who have grown up in this not-so-nice place, which is Lump Street, I think they leave together mm. to pursue whatever. 
Um, and this ties into the next song, which is called Die Like a Rich Boy. It's the very last song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give it 3.5 out of 5. And he said in his track-by-track commentary that this song was written... Um, they, they were going to write a series of songs to be like a concept of these characters mm-hmm. uh, from the, the boy and girl from Lump Street. And they only ever fleshed out these two songs. Okay. Um, so it's the same characters uh, that, that grew up on Lump Street. Uh, he's talking about dying like a rich boy and having the, his... his his girlfriend or wife or lover or whatever uh, die with him as a rich girl. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that makes sense. They're, they're not wealthy. They grew up on Lump Street. But they're imagining what it would be like to die like a rich person, to, to have those Egyptian linens or whatever he calls it, yeah. or dying with a, having a crown in your coffin or, or whatever you yeah. call it. Yeah. All in all, it's a great album. Uh, I think there's lots of signs, evident signs of Scott Hutchison's depression and darkness mm-hmm. on this album. For sure. But it is rounded out by an optimism. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're not going to like listen to this and get super bummed out unless you like really just think about him taking his own life. Then maybe that would really bum yeah, me out. Yeah, it, it seems like a lot, of, a lot of the albums, a lot of the songs that he's written in the past have, he's been very honest about, like very open, I guess, for as much as, you op- as open as you can be without just yeah. saying, I'm depressed. Yeah. And I think but he, then he still put it out there good. optimistic and hopeful about, yeah. about that. Do you know the the I don't know if it's a magazine or if it's just a website, but it's Pitchfork. Yeah. Do you do you ever read any of their reviews? Uh, yeah, I've I I don't read them regularly, but I do know of them. They're harsh. Are they really? Unless it's like, I don't know. They can be very harsh. Yeah. Um. They talked about how this Pitchfork then. Yeah. You're yeah. Poking something. Um. They kind of close out their review by saying that this album's kind of more or less the same, kind of like sticking true to their style or not reinventing anything. And then they, they end it by saying, the title of Painting of a Panic Attack served as an unintentional reminder of the way Hutchinson comes across, like a television version of a person with a broken heart. Hmm. And I think that Scott Hutchinson was a real person with a real broken heart. Yeah, and I think he painted a great picture of that on this album. Yeah, pitchforks just—that's a little bit too hard. They've got a pitchfork. pitchfork up their butt. Maybe, maybe they've maybe they've edited that article since they haven't. I read it since Ooh. it would have been edited if, if that was the case. They should edit it. Um, on a darker note, or just on a, an important note, I, th- I think we put it out there before. Um, but if any of you are feeling depressed or or that you'd ever want to like harm yourself or kill yourself, if any any dark thoughts like that ever were to enter yourself, please talk to somebody, mm-hmm. a friend, anyone. If you feel like there's no one you can talk to, um, call the Suicide Prevention Line. I'm sure you can look it up if you can. It's 1-800-273-8255. Call yeah. it. There are people that are talk. They'll, they'll talk to you. They'll they'll, they'll help, help you. Help you through it. Yeah. Um, talk to us if you... I mean, I don't know if yeah. there's anyone listening that, that does that, no. but reach out to us. I, we'll yeah. sit down and talk to you. Yeah. Um, what Life's is it, uh, precious. What is it that Ralph Garman say, says? About suicide, it's he, a, I, I, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember. But he says it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah, something like that. And it, it's true. Once you it, once you make that decision, you act on it. You can't go back. Yeah. And you're it's 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 the like the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I I don't understand it. I've never been there. Um, obviously, there's something that overcomes that that really goes beyond uh, everything goes that, beyond that that that, you, that should be comprehended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't say this from experience, but I would hope that if, if someone's going through that, they could turn to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
Anyways, looking forward to next week. Next week, are we doing a one-off? We're doing a one-off. Not sure what it is yet. Yeah, we're not sure. We'll we'll figure it out and let you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we'll return to our regular format episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, anything to say about your beer? Um, actually, as it's gotten warmer, I think that it has kind of mellowed out almost. Weird. I actually would have expected the the hops to be a little bit more prevalent as it warmed up. It's got a the hops have got. I don't want to say subdued because they're still there. Yeah, but they're just less intense. Okay, that makes sense. So it kind of tastes more like a regular pilsner now, where it's just has it's not that really bitter up. It's not really bitter bitter up front. Mm-hmm. It's a really kind of low, a lingering dry bitter. It's like a base note bitter. Yeah, and then um, it's more the thing that's more prevalent is the dryness, base note. and less of the less of the bitterness. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. Very nice. How about your beer? Uh, it's pretty new? consistent. Same. Yeah, I got nothing to. Same nice Belgian on. yeast spiciness. Yeah, I'm happy with it. There's definitely some the a little bit of sweetness uh, of honey. There's a little bit of sediment in the bottom, so Is I'm there? excited to try that. Maybe it'll give me some more flavor with that last sip. Who nice. knows? Um, if you do want to reach out to us, we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just look up American Brews and Tunes. We've got a website, which is brewsandtunespodcast.com, mm-hmm. or you can send us an email at americanbrewsandtunes at gmail.com. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes, down the hatch. Eh, I got about the same amount of flavor of that. That's it. Uh, maybe a little spicier. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, once again, my name is Steven Johnson. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Oh, yeah. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song, American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity.